0: All right, welcome everyone to another edition of the Kevin Kruger Radio Show. John Sandler with you, Curtis Terry will join us in just a moment as we are at Parkway Tavern. Uh, bailiwick down at the Orleans uh, being uh, taken over, like most of the town right now, by the NFR. And it's great to have the National Final Rodeo back in Las Vegas, uh, where it belongs. And hope you're going to get a chance to go out and see it. It's an amazing event. But uh, we're talking Runner Rebel basketball for the next hour as the Runner Rebels kind of finish up the, the first home portion of the season, uh, a series of games. Here in Las Vegas, 4-3 and three the record and uh, getting ready to head out on the first road trip of the season. Going to Dallas to take on the Mustangs of SMU, a really, really good team out of the American Conference. And then heading up to San Francisco over the weekend to take on USF. Maybe even a better team out of a better conference, the West Coast Conference, has just been killing it this year. We're joined, of course, by Head Coach Kevin Krueger. And, uh, you know, first things first, as we usually do, how's the baby?
1: Baby's good. Uh, one week today and... Sleeping a little bit, so that, little better than expected.
0: That's a good thing, Vivian, doing her thing for you. Uh, a tough one against UCLA, but uh, I, I thought this would be an opportune time, uh, kind of at this stage of the season, when you've gone through this, this first stretch of games here in Las Vegas before we head out on the road for the first time, to spend some time kind of getting your perspective on on where we are where this program is um, ahead of schedule, uh, where, you, where, you, where you think it is uh, in terms of your plans and your vision for it uh, at the beginning of your tenure, and then uh, some thoughts on what you know need to happen both on the court and off the court for you to get it going uh, in the direction you want it. So, so let's start with that. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's been a whirlwind. Uh, for the last five six months since you took over, give us kind of a general a, a ten thousand foot view, if you will, of of where you think the Runner Rebel program is under Kevin Kruger, uh, relative to your expectations.
1: I think uh, we're probably on the, on about the same track or the track that I'd expected so far. Uh, you know, the first three games came out and just did what we needed to do to win, and I think that was uh, uh, that was a really telling sign of this group, uh, the maturity because having nine new guys ten. Uh, transfer, or nine transfers and then ten uh, new additions with Keyshawn and then Jordan McCabe being suspended the first game. I mean, we kind of, we just kind of kept getting curveballs here or there. You know, we knew it was going to be tough with the, the a new roster, new coaching staff, uh, everybody blending together, and then Jordan's suspension for the game. Just kind of, I mean, I mean, I was an absolute mess for the the day of the Gardner Webb game. I had no idea what was going to happen. I was you hit it well. It, it was it was weird and. uh <laughs> You know, I mean, even, like, watching my dad's teams, watching friends that coach teams, you know, you kind of you have a, you, an understanding of, well, it's going to go well for them tonight. They just got to play hard. But I had no idea what was going to happen. And, uh, But uh, that being said, uh, we did what we needed to do, get the three wins. Then, you know, of course, Michigan and T-Mobile. And I think that was a great opportunity for our guys to kind of see where they're at and where we're at as a program. And I think... I don't think anybody could leave that game or not watch that game and think that this is a, a good team that is, is getting better. Uh, you know, we didn't play the way we wanted to at home. I think there was a lot of anxiety, you know, again, adding Jordan into the second game. Some confusion still roles kind of filling out. I thought Michigan was really the first game that we just went out, we played really hard and didn't really worry about necessarily the outcome or anything other than just going out and competing. And then to follow that up, you know, with Wichita, a team that's probably going to be in the NCAA tournament, and to do the same thing, I mean, to lead the majority of the night, uh, just not able to hang on at the end shows that uh, I think this group has the potential, as long as we continue to focus on getting better, to to still just get better throughout the year and, and and just continue to surprise people and even ourselves. And then I think UCLA was a nice reminder that we're, you know, they're there for a reason. You know, they're number two in the country for a reason. All the advanced metrics and numbers suggest that they are undoubtedly one of the top two three teams in the country so that was almost a nice little reminder that you know while we have progressed and and done better you know we're still a ways away from you know maybe being in in that type of of game uh, every night you know night in and night out with a team as, as established as UCLA and but it's been good I think the guys have responded well uh because a lot of guys you got to remember didn't didn't have a, a huge role Uh, a lot of expectations where they had come from or uh, moved already once before because just just something didn't click or something wasn't feeling right so to come here and have those expectations and those roles and to have a chance you know a couple minutes left in the Michigan game you know we're a possession away from from making it really tight you know battling back down nine against UCLA with 14 minutes and then we just kind of you know that that we had an opportunity there to make them really tight and kind of see where the end of the game goes but I think it's almost given them a boost of confidence to uh, you know, just reassure themselves that they're good players, they've, uh, they've worked at it their whole life, and there's really no reason right now, even though the record may say four and three, that we should be upset with where we're at. Uh, thank you, Vince. And that was a really long answer. And that was a great
0: answer. I appreciate it. Let, let's start with the honesty about the first game, <laughs> and, and I appreciate that. I mean, you and I have known each other a long time, and I remember sitting in the office, and, and I said, how you doing? And you said, I'm a little bit nervous. and, and I will say you hit it very well. You were a little bit nervous on the outside, obviously. There's a little more going on underneath. Uh, still waters run deep, as they say. But uh, as you reflect back on that first game, and you, know, you say you were, you were, uh, you were con- I don't know, concerned is the right word. You were best to use your word. Um, how gratifying was it to, to get on the court, to get the guys on the floor, to watch your plan being put into place, and then obviously to get the win at the end?
1: I mean, it really was just kind of an indescribable feeling because it's it was so new. And uh, you know, as a player, you get you you look at that first date, that first game, and it's it's special when it's over. And you you know, if, especially if you get a win. And then you know, the first time as an assistant coach, it you know, when I was at Northern Arizona, and then the, so there, it's kind of one of those nights you remember. You know, I still remember my first game for my first day at ASU. I remember the first home game my senior year here against Hawaii. Uh, you know, you just remember those and. You, you look at, there's so much buildup and you, you look at that date and it's just, it feels like it'll, it just feels like yesterday we were sitting in the office trying to put a staff together. And then all of a sudden the game's here. And, uh, but it, it, I mean, it was everything I ever thought it would be. So, uh, hopefully do it for a long time.
0: Well, let's hope so. And I know the fans feel the same way in terms of the long time and in terms of the optimism that you express and, and the, the idea, okay, you watch the Michigan game, you watch the Wichita state game. Uh, you, regardless of outcome you can't help but be optimistic about this group and also the future because this team is playing so hard we'll get to ucla in a minute but universally that's what i'm hearing from fans after games god i love i love watching them play kevin has them really playing hard i really like what kevin's doing this is going to be fun this is going to work out that kind of optimism which will lead to buzz and you know what kind of spark uh... all, all it needs is a little bit for things to take off um... Is it hard for you to say to yourself, okay, this is a marathon. This is going to take a while to get it where we want.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, You know, never been called a patient person. Um, So, you know, it is. It's something you want to be ready, you know, every time. But you do have to remember. You know, even in practice, you feel when you say something, it should be remembered forever. And then you do have to remind yourself, the staff. We all have to kind of remind each other that, you know, Think about it, you know, when you were a player, there's 15 things you're thinking about. You know, every time a play happens, you're immediately thinking about what play just happened. Uh, what did you do? And then a coach gives you a tip. It doesn't always register. And that's not uh, their fault at all. It's just the way the games go. Your heart's beating really fast. You get teammate did this. How did you react? I mean, there's just so many things going on. So, but I do think that that's one thing with this group, the, the strides that have been made from June 1 when we had them all together to now is really just a credit to them, uh, their maturity. Uh, again, I keep talking about Keyshawn Gilbert and I'm going to keep talking about him forever, but uh, I mean, he has just kind of a look in his eye that, that he has something to prove. He wants to get out there and show the older guys that he belongs out there with them and he can help. And almost like a little brother looking up to older brothers and, and his friends trying to be a part of that group. And, you know, they do the right things. They've set the right example. And you know they 're early for shooting they 're uh, shooting groups that are which is extra on top of practice they 're early for team dinner they 're all there in the morning to get taped, get breakfast, get stretched so uh, they 're setting a great example for him, which of course, in a couple of years he 's going to pass down to a, a younger group
0: and that 's how this gets built it 's not the coaches yelling and the coaches dictating and saying, this is how things are going to happen. The way this gets built is from the inside. It's organic. And then what you just talked about is, is the way it has to go.
1: No, absolutely. And it, it's got to be player driven. Um, you know, it's, it's their team. It's their program. Uh, I know you and I have talked and you've probably heard me say a number of times, there's no such thing as a former rebel. Um, but that really rings true when you do the things that these guys are doing because it means something to you once you leave. And, you know, the players we've had come back that have talked to the guys from you know, Richard Box and Leon Szymanski all the way to, you know, Stephen Zimmerman and, and Rene Rougeau, just, you know, some of the more recent guys that that finished up. And uh, But w- they truly, they care about each other. They they play for each other. They play hard for each other. And, and I think going forward, as long as we can keep that as our main goal of uh, effort and playing for each other, uh, the parody in college basketball is just, it's where it's at. And it's it's just, it's something that I think if we establish the right culture and we play for the right reasons, we can beat teams better than us. And on some nights when we just don't have it, we can still end up winning.
0: And, and that, that is, you know, that foundation and that sort of base level of performance that you're talking about has to be one of the, the goals of esta- that you want to establish for this program.
1: No question. No question. I think, uh, you, you know, we, we just, we had the, looking back on it, you can look at it one of two ways. We had uh, the opportunity. basically fell out an entire new roster which we've of course talked about in the past but it almost gave you a little bit of a an nba gm feel with a a blank roster in a sense and again with marvin and his and his legs we weren't 100 percent sure there reese brown who's done an unbelievable job growing and maturing but not having many reps last year really almost gave us one person in bryce hamilton who had done it before so we had a lot of of uh, flexibility there to build the roster with the kinds of people we wanted, not the kinds of basketball players we wanted, but just the kinds of people we wanted. And, uh, so far, I think if, if you've had any time and and any of you have had any time to be around the guys, I think they're, they're a pretty respectful group. And if, and if they're not, you probably just caught them on a really bad day.
0: Yeah. A bad, a bad moment probably more, more than anything else. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, you're playing GM or, or, you know, Kevin plays fantasy college basketball, you know, and fills out the roster. But it was a tremendous opportunity. You took advantage of it. Uh, We've talked about it. You brought in the staff. You guys took advantage of it. It was players you knew, players you you felt uh, showed promise, the type of people, as you said, that you wanted to have. But also guys, and and you just alluded to it a little while ago, who have something to prove. Mm -hmm. And that, I would imagine, would have to be a theme throughout, you know, not just Keyshawn, but all of these guys. for a variety of reasons and unique reasons for each one of them. They've got something to prove and that, I would assume, would be a theme throughout the season.
1: Well, I think it'll be a, throughout the season, but also throughout as long as I'm coaching. Um, you know, it was never uh, expected to be much basketball-wise, and I think that's, that's something that you have to play with and, and really almost do anything with, uh, anything competitively. And Again, if you look down through our roster, you know, Jordan McCabe had some attention coming out of high school, and you know, just kind of got lost in the shuffle at West Virginia. He's got an opportunity here to to not show West Virginia what's missing, but to show kind of the world what he can do, and to show UNLV and, and Vegas what he can do. And and you can go down the list, really. Uh, Royce Ham sitting behind five NBA players at his position and staying there through it all is I don't know if we'll ever see that again. And and so him having this opportunity to come here. Uh, play. He's. All, I mean, we're getting attention and getting calls from agents and NBA people and overseas people about uh, his effort. Is he really like that every day is something that's asked a lot. And those of you that have been to practice, you know he is. And that's something that he didn't get to show it on game night at Texas. So having that opportunity here. But guys that come in with a chip on their shoulder that, that, that feel almost like they don't belong, that, that you don't think they belong, uh, and they go out and play with that almost that anger in a good way, of course, is uh, I think what can make for a good team.
0: We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we'll continue this conversation. I, th- I think it's fascinating. will talk a little bit about what surprised you in this first stretch, good, bad, Whatever, whichever way you want to take it. But uh, some things that maybe have uh, have caused you to raise an eyebrow, too, and, and how you are going to adjust as you, as you move forward. I want to remind you that EOS is a better gym. It's a better price. EOS Fitness, proud partner of UNLV Athletics. You are listening to the Kevin Kruger Radio Show. We're at Parkway Tavern at Flamingo and 215. Our usual home is bailiwick inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino, and you're listening on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. All right, back here at Parkway Tavern, two fifteen in Flamingo on the west side of town. John Sandler with you, along with head coach Kevin Kruger. The Kevin Kruger Radio Show, talking Run Rebel basketball. Now joined by Curtis Terry and Steve Cofield. So we've got the the band back together. We're uh, spending some time talking about uh, Kevin's perspective on things. Uh, you know, given the fact that we finished this seven game stretch at home, about to head out on the road at SMU on Wednesday. We'll be on the air at 4.30, run a Rebel warm-up over on ESPN Radio 1100 and the UNLV Sports Network, and, uh, and then the tip at 5 o'clock Las Vegas time. But I, before the break, I, I, I kind of teased it. What surprised you thus far?
1: Ooh. Um, I think what, what surprised me the most is really that, you know, when you're out there in the practices as a coach, you get the guys set a standard. Like, they set the bar. So you get used to it pretty quick. And if it's a low-energy group, it's a low-energy group. That's just the bar that they set, the standard they set. I think uh, with this group, they had such a high energy level, like, from day one, to the point where, you know, we'll leave a practice as a staff, and even if, if my dad's been there, if, if CT's been there, and, and, they, and guys that, you know, don't pull punches, <laughs> if you will, we'll, we'll say, like, guys are going really hard. Guys are really competing, and we'll even be as a staff, like, you know, we didn't really feel like that was one of our better ones we we really felt like we just didn't quite have it today, or it wasn't at the standard that the guys had set so I think the the surprises would really just be their energy how they they come in every morning and they're not yawning they're not you know last they're not up to the core with one minute left they're they're up there ready to go they're shooting around and you know they sit with us as coaches and have breakfast and you know they they're just excited to be here and it's it, it's something that we can't take for granted, but you get used to pretty easily when you don't have, you know, a headache to deal with every morning or you don't have to get somebody else going.
0: And and we were talking about it
2: uh, in our last segment. These guys are hungry, and that makes a difference. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. Um, but definitely polar opposite from the experience of the guys I played with. We practice at like 2, 2.30 in the afternoon, and they were still coming in late, tired, yawning. Um, but, hey, that's Vegas for you. Um, no, but I think that's a big thing, and I've pointed that out to Kevin, Kevin. Um, and everybody I've talked to about it, we've talked about it as well, is the energy that they have. It doesn't, it's almost like, is it too good to be true? Is it fake? Are they forcing it? But as we continue to go on, I mean, they're really enjoying the opportunity to get out there, to play, to battle, um, and to compete in the new roles that they've always kind of wanted and desired, and they now have them. And so they've got to maximize and make the most of those opportunities. Uh, but I just love the, the, the zealous effort that they put out there and just happy to be here, and then let's make the most of it.
3: I like what I'm hearing from the players after the last three games, and, and you know, from you, coach, that these are big programs that just lost, too, but they're not satisfied. Like, they're not happy. Uh, Jordan McCabe, I think before the UCLA game, said, you know, people are coming up and patting us on the back for, you know, kind of good job, good effort, and he's like, we almost take that as sort of a sign of disrespect. Like, we want to win these games, and I, I think that's a mindset they have to have. Like, you can't walk away from three games like this and go, well, we were close. No, no question.
1: I think it's kind of a 50-50 thing. You know, you, you, there's a piece of you that's – that's happy that we're representing UNLV in the way that that person feels that should be represented with the effort and, you know, competing in games for wins. And, but then, yeah, on the flip side, you know, it's, I I wouldn't say disrespect, but you just, you you just, you know, we're not just here to play Michigan. We're not just here to play UCLA. You know, we want to be, when people talk about UNLV, we want the same thought to go in their mind that right now when people say, you know, UCLA. And I, now, granted, that, we know that's a ton of work. I mean, we're not shortchanging that at all. But we want them to think, no, the, no you're in for a fight. You know, if Brad Underwood, I talked to him in the summer when we were out on the recruiting trail. He said, you guys have Michigan. I said, yeah. He said, you, be ready. You're going to, you know, it, it's going to be a fight. You know, that's what I want people to say about UNLV. But I don't want them to say, like, they'll fight you, but, you know, just play really hard at the end and you'll get them. We, you know, we want to be known as somebody here soon that, like, people are saying, no, we don't really want to play you.
0: And yeah, you know, it's interesting because uh, Tracy Murray, who does color for the UCLA broadcast, I had a chance to talk talk with him briefly at the end of the game. And he, he looked at me. He said, "You guys are going to be all right." He said, "You got ten new pieces. That's going to take a while." He said, "But the efforts there, you guys are going to be all right." And I thought that was a, you know a, a, an unprompted uh, good observation from someone who, who knows what he's talking about.
1: Yeah, and and you know UCLA, I think if you were to ask them and and ask somebody that's in their day to day and their their practices I think they did exactly what they plan on doing and I think that's also a great lesson for our guys they with about 6 minutes left it just they just kind of made it the game exactly the way they wanted it to go to the point where you know 16 points with you know 7 8 minutes left is is still attainable but when the the way they played their possessions the way they guarded us it almost felt like it was it was going to be a little more than normal a little more than and, attainable, and that's just a hats off to them and a credit to them. But also a great opportunity for us to tell our guys, you know, that's what established guys do, established programs do. And we don't expect to be there on game five or game six or whatever it is. But at the same time, you know, I think if, if you were sitting close enough, you could probably hear Coach Cronin if he had a gripe with a player. So and, and they fell right back in line and fell fell right back in sync with each other.
0: I think
2: we heard him from way yeah. up top. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: and and, and he does, he's not shy about letting him know. And, I, frankly, I'm a little surprised that, that, that he's gotten this group to respond as well as he has. But, you know, credit to him that he, that he has because of the way his style. And every coach has their own style, but that's, that's
3: something else. Uh, I was going to ask, with, with that group, right, with UCLA, with Bernard and Jaime Jaquez and – and uh, their point guard, Tiger Campbell and, and ju Zhang, it seems like all four uh, late in the shot clock are all options, which is completely unique. Is that a taught skill? Is that experience? I, why are they all so good? Because you looked up and you're like, man, there's scenarios here where all four are finishing when they need to finish.
1: I, I would 100% chalk that up to experience. I think, uh, you know, it, there's a stat out there, and I'm going to butcher it, but the last handful of national champions... I think all but one of their rotation guys was there a minimum of two years or one or two of their ro- like eight or nine guys. <laughs> so there, there is still a strength in returning guys, even though 90% of teams right now are dealing with a lot of turnover, there is still the better ones are going to have that, that uh, stability, if you will. But, you know, I think that's even if you compare our game versus UCLA with our game versus Michigan, Michigan has some new pieces, just a couple. But, but UCLA enough, yeah. doesn't. And I think that was kind of the difference there, maybe in the 10 minute mark eight minute mark, whereas UCLA knew exactly what they were going to do, they knew who was going to do what they knew when they were going to do it uh, you know they didn't need they don't need ten games, twelve games, fifteen games to know exactly what each other's going to do, and uh, that's why I think this group still has a lot of promise, as we talked about earlier today, and a lot of there's a lot of reasons to still be excited uh, there's also reason to be excited for the future with that younger core that we have
0: yeah and, and- we won't get into the nuances of COVID and, the, and the, the COVID year and all that. But suffice to say that the core of your team is going to be together for a bit.
1: Oh, we hope so. We hope so. And uh, yeah, I mean, COVID obviously throws a, a little bit of a wrench into everything. But, Big wrench. Yeah, but uh, no, we, we've got a group of guys that love to play basketball. And so when that day comes, if they're going to do what is best for them, to, but it's going to involve playing basketball and if it's, NBA overseas, then God bless them. But if it's here for an extra COVID year, they're not going to, you know, want to get out of college. Oh, I mean,
0: looking back, no one should want to get out of college. Under no circumstance should you ever want to leave college. It's the best time of your life. Uh, the rest, of, the rest of it, it's all downhill from there. Trust me. Uh, best
1: five years of my life. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, and and. There's no reason to. I wish we could just give the kids that perspective so you could keep them around as long as you want. Uh, back to that experience thing. Uh, you know, and and it, it, your time as a player at UNLV was a little bit unique because you were new and there were some new pieces on that team. Credit to your dad. Credit to you guys for coming to gelling and, and getting together that quickly. Do you see any similarities given the fact there's so many new pieces on with this group? On their ability. I mean, I've been impressed at how quickly they've come together um, sort of in general. We saw at UCLA for the first time uh, against UCLA a little bit of indecision, a little bit of, of the uncertainty that you get when you get a whole bunch of new guys together.
1: Yeah, I think there are a lot of similarities. Um, there, there's just a, but a, the main similarity is just a group of guys that, you know, you know, Mike Nuga every day is talking about what do we have to do to get to the tournament? What do we have to do to get better today? I mean, he's just so itching just to to, for the end result but that we have to kind of sometimes remind him and pull the reins back a little bit of like we just have to have a great day and it's tough at that age to to fully believe that and trust in it but uh i think that yeah that a lot of the similarities were were what we went back to with uh you got something to prove you got to uh you know you you've been doubted and and you've got an opportunity here in vegas to uh kind of show, uh, show people they were wrong.
2: And I think that goes to the point, I mean, earlier you mentioned how Jordan McCabe was like, that's kind of an underhanded compliment of how, oh, you're playing so hard and the effort's there. For those guys, looking back, I mean, not for those guys, but for fans and people who have been around here, the last couple of years, to hear that now I think is a huge thing because that hasn't been consistent. Right. Um, that hasn't been the narrative from the outside. Um, unfortunately for Jordan and them, they think, that's not enough. We still want to compete. We still want to win games. Uh, But I do like the fact that it's it's about the opportunity. It's about being there, um, getting the experience. I think at times we saw that with Tiger Campbell in the game and a couple fouls, he drew on Jordan McCabe, Um, even Jaime Jaquez and the way he can just manage the game. We're just not quite there yet in terms of the experience. I think as a unit, they've all got experience playing the game. But I think as we continue to get through the course of the non-conference and the conference season, I've been saying this all along, the, the best is is definitely ahead of this group um, because I still think that we're making progress night in and night out. But, again, it's, it's not going to happen overnight, even though we all want that, the instant likes and the retweets and the, the instant gratification. We, we've got to make sure that we put in the work to, to, to enjoy it at the end. Well, we live in the town of instant gratification, so I think that just kind of amplifies it a little
0: bit. Take another break, come back, go through some highlights from the UCLA game. Get Kevin, Curtis, their thoughts on, uh, on some of the things that happened in that game. Uh, and then uh, move on to start talking about this road trip coming up. Uh, You're listening to the Kevin Kruger Show. I want to remind you first, uh, Finley Chevrolet located in the southwest at 215 in South Rainbow, Nevada's number one Chevrolet volume dealership. Frankly, they're customer-driven. Kevin Kruger Show from Parkway Tavern here on Flamingo, near the 215 on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. Back at Parkway Tavern. Here on Flamingo near the 215, John Sandler, Curtis Terry, Steve Cofield, Nick Murphy, and head coach Kevin Krueger, the Kevin Krueger Radio Show. Runner Rebels hitting the road for the first time this year. We'll be in Dallas, SMU, the opponent, the Mustangs, on Wednesday late afternoon. 4:30, uh, Runner Rebel warm up. Five o'clock, the tip, and then Saturday night up in San Francisco against a really good USF Don's team. Uh, but we're uh, we're reflecting back now on the, the UCLA game. We got some highlights. You you say you love talking about Keyshawn. Well, Keyshawn, uh, you know, I was talking with some of the TV guys. I told them you're going to love this kid because when he comes on the floor, he makes something happen. He did exactly that against UCLA. Here it is. Juzang has the ball knocked away by Keyshawn Gilbert. Up ahead to Bryce Hamilton. Hamilton lays it up and in. Great defense, quick hands, Keyshawn Gilbert. That's what he does. He just disrupts.
1: Yeah, uh, I can believe the excitement in your voice. Yeah, on that sorry one. about I, that one. That the, you said it was a highlight, and I was waiting for, <laughs> waiting for the. We'll, uh, the we'll get you in a minute. We'll okay. get you in a minute. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no. Keyshawn's just—he's disruptive. He's annoying. He's—he's uh, kind of everything we want to be defensively, uh, especially going forward. Um, he just—he just again. I'm, probably sound like a broken record but he plays with just a youthful
3: excitement and so uh, it's just he's fun to have out there every day do you guys remember playing against a guy like him that just drove you freaking nuts Ooh, because hmm. i can tell you there, were, there was a moment in the game and just watching i like i know there's there are guys like this on the floor where you're like my god um, I think it was Jaquez went in for a, a pretty clean look, and Keyshawn freaking blasted him. Oh, absolutely. Him. Exactly. And then Jaquez was like staring at him. Oh, yeah. And Keyshawn's just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, oh, whatever. Keyshawn don't not- I don't care that you're a veteran. You're not getting an easy layup, and I'm going to pound you. No, Keyshawn does not care. That does
1: not bother him one bit. Um, you can stare at Keyshawn all you want. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's not going to bother him one bit. But, uh,. I mean, there's a, there's a, yeah. I mean, just in UNLV specifically, you know, one guy really didn't care what anybody thought would have been wink. Uh, you know, he would have done the oh, same yeah. thing, but probably hurt, hurt, him a little more.
2: Oh, a lot more for sure. But, uh, I can't, I can't put my finger on it. I have to go back and think about it. Um, but for me, it was, it was guys like Keyshawn that just played hard every possession. And this is going to sound bad, but for no reason, like just didn't take a break, always gave it 110 percent, and you're like, dude, relax, it's okay. Like, you don't have to block out that hard on a one-and-one. (laughs) or on two shots in the first shot. Um, No, but, again, that stuff's infectious. I mean, and, again, for Kevin to to be able to have a freshman coming in and doing that and kind of setting the tone defensively, I mean, he's probably set the bar so high his teammates are probably getting on him when he doesn't bring that effort and that energy because, again, like John's excited call there, it it can change the course of a game and get some energy in the Thomas and Mac, uh, but also fire up his teammates and, and have a shift of momentum. He's getting more comfortable on the
0: offensive end as well with the ball in his hands. Here he feeds Mike Nuga for a bucket. To McCabe, fresh 20 on the clock. McCabe, back to Keyshawn on the left wing. Keyshawn in the lane. Cross-court pass, Nuga. A three from the corner. He is good. Great penetrating kick from Keyshawn Gilf. There,
1: there, there we go, John. That, uh, that was a little bit yeah, better. Yeah, um, yeah, well. Yeah, that, no, I remember that uh, Keyshawn has a an, unbel- an unbelievable ability, and he's he's probably the best on our team of getting into the paint. And, uh, and I know you immediately probably think of Bryce Hamilton. Bryce Hamilton's just a little more of a, a scoring mentality when he gets into the paint whereas Keyshawn's kind of got a little bit more of just getting into the paint making things happen getting the defense side to side and you know that shot unfortunately was Mike's only shot in the first half and that's something that we've we've talked about and we we want to get more out of Mike Nuga as well because you know we walked into the Thomas and Mac the other day and I don't, I don't know if you guys know this but the sometimes the band leaves in their instruments and I walk in and I hear the drums and, you know, Mike Nuga's up there playing the drums and the Thomas and Mac. And he's just, <laughs> you know, he's just having fun. He, he just, he enjoys life. He enjoys being at practice. And, and th- when those two guys get kind of get going and get excited about things, it's, it's really just fun to be around and watch.
0: Well, you talked about it. Uh, I forget which game it was. Was it Michigan? Mike get into the basket. Uh, I think it might have been the Michigan game where you, you said, Somebody's got to put their head down and get to the rim. And, and all of a sudden, Mike Nuga started doing it. Yeah,
2: he, I mean, he answered my, answered my prayers um, from a distance. But I think it was funny because after the first game against Gardner-Webb, Mike was, looked like he was taking a lot of jump shots, unsure of himself. But after that, something switched. And he's been head down trying to get to the basket and create. Um, but I think, again, it's creating that mentality of we don't always have to settle. And he's resorting to head down, get to the paint. Um, and it's worked out good so far. But like Kevin said, for him to only have that one shot in the first half, he made it but that's somewhere they want to make sure that he's getting going because I think it's, it's good for the team when Mike Nuga's putting pressure on the defense because it alleviates pressure on everybody else. Um, but when, when you've got a guy
0: like Mike Nuga, you've got, you've got other options. Donovan, Donovan Williams getting more and more comfortable, his outside shot starting to drop. How do you get Bryce to – I know he, underst- he knows it, but how do you get him to understand – that he doesn't have to do everything. Because we've seen now a couple of games where teams have, you know, he, he gets in the lane and he attracts a crowd with a crowd. I mean, it's it's everybody. And uh, it, still waiting for him to, to kind of regularly be able to kick that ball out.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Bryce attra- uh, attracts a lot of attention. And uh, a lot of what we do offensively is is him just starting the possession, what we, what we call it, what, and talk to the guys about starting the driving kicks. So... Uh, we put him in a lot of positions where he's attacking a closeout. And, and I think, uh, you know, having other guys that can do that as well, Mike Nuga, Keyshawn Gilbert, you know, Jordan's ability to get down into the paint, uh, the roles will just kind of continue to solidify. So I uh, met with Donovan Williams this morning about, you know, as long as it's not on the first side of the floor, you can shoot as many catch-and-shoot threes as you want because he shoots it at such a high clip. Uh, when he catches it clean and he steps into it, it's as it's textbook as anybody you'll see. And I think that even something like that for Donovan, if the other guys can continue to, to get into the paint and create you know, open looks for him, he'll in turn be able to do that for them as well. And I just think that one thing this team can really do is, is drive and kick for each other. And that's why we've got to be stubborn about getting those good looks and not settling early.
0: Well, drive and kick and some backdoor cuts against UCLA. We're going to skip to... Uh, you mentioned Jordan McCabe getting in the lane. Great backdoor cut by Bryce for a dunk here. Ham, McCabe. McCabe comes right side. McCabe bounce pass to a cutting Hamilton for the slam dunk.
2: How come a find there by Jordan McCabe? But again, great job by Bryce Hamilton not stand in the corner to be active and to make that baseline cut.
0: Jordan McCabe with a terrific pass, and, and Bryce. Uh, getting getting the slam off of that and and that actually was a bucket that was part of that run to get down to to single digits the the surprise was and 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 we talked to Curtis and I talked about on air was that the 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 level of effort for the first time this year was a little up and down in the UCLA game was some of that I don't want to say intimidation was some of that just the the frustration of dealing with a team that played defense that well
1: I think a little bit, but I also think it goes back to kind of what we talked about at the beginning of the show where UCLA has been in that situation. Their guys have been in those scenarios where, you know, they get a lead, a team makes a run. Now they look at each other in a timeout, and they're all on the same page. They know exactly what they're going to go out and do, and uh, I think that's just kind of the difference in where we were at. You know, we went into the timeout, you know, very excited, a lot of energy, ready to kind of throw some more punches, and UCLA kind of came out with, that experience in their back pocket knowing what to do to kind of counterpunch to what we have done so uh, I, I think that again UCLA just, just kind of they, they did what they needed to do they adjusted you know without changing direction or changing course they just kind of made little adjustments to uh, that kind of uh, took advantage of our inexperience as a, as a group
0: well you, you, you came out last question about the game and I don't know if you heard Steve uh, the, the interview but Kevin came out and, and he said we're not, we're not going to let that happen again and you know that that was talking about the effort.
1: Yeah, I think they. I mean, the guys have played hard, and I think we just. And they played hard through UCLA. I think we just. Uh, and again, that that that's on us as as a staff as well. Of you know when UCLA kind of slowed it and took the air out of the ball a little bit, we we needed to adjust. And I and I think uh, you know we didn't do what we needed to do for the guys to to make an adjustment to kind of pick up the, the speed and the tempo, but. Um, you know, it's easy to say now, of course, as well as the coaching staff because, you know, they ended up holding on uh, holding on to win comfortably. But uh, we, we felt at the time that we, if we had just continued to be solid, we could uh, – because we were getting good looks and then the guys were, were playing hard. We just couldn't quite get over the hump.
0: Spent a lot of time talking about the players, but it's a new staff too. So when we come back – Let's talk about where the staff is, and, and you just talked about you know some adjustments that you guys have to make, whether it's in-game, after a game, going forward. Uh, let's, uh, let's focus on that when we come back. Fans, remember, there's so many ways to be satisfied at the Orleans Hotel and Casino. Savor the latest and greatest variety of flavors at Bailiwick, the all-American pub and eatery, food and fun. It's what they do. You're listening to the Kevin Kruger Radio Show. or are at Parkway Tavern on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. From Parkway Tavern here on uh, Flamingo near the 215, Kevin Kruger Radio Show, John Sandler, Curtis Terry, Steve Cofield and the head coach, Kevin Kruger, talking Runner Rebel basketballs. The Runner Rebels get ready for their first road swing of the season. SMU and San Francisco this week. SMU Wednesday night, 4.30 Runner Rebel warm up on ESPN Radio 1100 and the UNLV Sports Network and tip at 5 o'clock Las Vegas time. Kev, we were talking about uh, earlier in the show about the team and, and growing and it's you know the, the, the newness but it's a new staff as well uh, how has that come together for you the guy all, the other coaches I will tell you say nothing but uh, uh, remarkably glowing things about how you've moved into the, the the big chair if you will but you working as a group learning to work together and making those adjustments as I said in game after the game as you prepare how is that working
1: well, I hope Tell me if they weren't no, saying I, nice things. Yeah, but, uh, I, I'll leave the one thing out. Yeah, that was, I, I, I didn't really listen to anything else after that because I was wondering what the. No, no, glowing. But glowing. Uh, no, it, uh, it, it kind of goes back to the similarities with the, the roster we wanted to make up. We know that, that these are home run human beings. I mean, Tim Buckley, uh, Harlan Hartman, Brandon Chappelle, even, you know, Deshaun Henry, Will Saxon, Kristen Hinton. You know, they're just people you enjoy going and spending time with, even if you're not working. So, uh, but, yeah, I think they've, uh, you know, Coach Buck, I lean on a lot. You know, he had a similar opportunity to me at Ball State in the late 90s, uh, and and I ask him a lot, and and we've gotten kind of to a comfort level where he doesn't wait for me to ask anymore, which I appreciate. Uh, You know, he'll come up and say, you know, this and kind of give his opinion or or kind of just give his two cents, and, and Buck's not an ego guy, so... There's been times where I'll say, you know, I'm not really sure if we can do that or, or this, that, or the other. But most of the time, I, I listen to his guidance. And then, you know, Carlin Hartman and, and Brandon Chappelle, having known them for a while, there's, there's, there's just a good rapport there, I think. And, and I think the guys see it. And, and they, they care more about the guys than themselves. And I think at the end of the day, that's the most important thing.
2: And that's the one thing that continues to stand out to me. And it just reminds me of when I played under Longtrigger and just the staff. And the biggest thing was that the coaches cared about us off the floor more so than they did on the floor. And that just gave us the confidence and allowed us to put our trust into them that they wanted the best for us. Um, And I see a lot of that with with Kevin and the staff, and I think that's how you build that culture, that family. Um, And when you do that, guys will go out there and sacrifice and do some things that you maybe are uncharacteristic in terms of laying it out there and sacrificing their body for the betterment of the team. But again, those are the things that allow you to build a program and to have sustained continuous success. Um, but I, I do, I'm curious as well as what they're not, telling yeah. John, yeah. No, I, I was just teasing. Uh,
0: but it, it does take time to learn to work together just as it does the players learning to get together. It, it does take time to learn to work together and, and, and how, how best to communicate. And you mentioned, you know, your relationship with Buck and, and how that's grown. Um, but as you go through and, you know, the first bit of adversity, okay, we lost a game, it, it does take time to figure out how you guys are going to work together and how it's all going to play out.
1: It does. it does. I mean, we're going through this just as the guys are uh, with the new team. But um, I think the one thing with this group is, is nobody's panicking. Um, I think that's something that with the schedule that we have, there's really no reason to panic um, as of now. Uh, we're happy with the progress. When we meet every morning before practice, uh, we talk about – you know, what, what do we need to do today? What are we getting better at? What's working? What's not working? You know, what do we need to adjust? Because at the end of the day, you're still playing basketball. But if we all think back to 18 to 22 years old, you know, if you do the same thing over and over, it might get a little stale. So are there things that we need to just, while getting the same result, you know, do a little bit differently? And I think uh, they're, they're great at that. You know, Coach Chappelle is in there with them in the gym as much as he can possibly be. Uh, Coach Hartman the same, and then Coach Buck uh, spends about as much quality time with the guys as you can. So, uh, you know, it kind of makes me think back when Curtis said that. I just remember going back thinking, uh, you know, uh, Greg Grinsing was always somebody that he would sit, you know, be, he would be the loudest one during practice, but then at a team meal, he'd be sitting right in the middle, and the guys would be messing with him as much as anybody. And it, it's really those those relationships that, that build that. So when you're coached during a game, you don't get defensive. Right. You don't take – you know anything of it you can have a just a conversation so the the yelling and screaming probably doesn't need to happen
0: yeah i've been impressed at the end of practice you know whether guys are taking extra shots some guys you know everybody disperses but invariably coach hartman's got one guy and he's sitting and talking to him coach buck's got a guy sitting and talking with him and that it just it doesn't end at that when the whistle blows at the end of practice
1: no no question and uh you know while it does center around getting better and and Athletically, getting being as good as they can possibly be, I think uh, a lot of it just goes into the support. Just uh, you know, them knowing we have their best interest, so they can have the security to go out there and mess up, and uh, and keep the confidence to continue to play.
0: Take one more break. Come back. Uh, let talk about the road. New new experience for for this group to to head out on the road. Uh, I want to remind. Fans, that Mr. Friesman is new to Las Vegas and serving up gourmet fries with endless combinations of meats and sauces. Rebel fans, make sure to swing by for that late-night craving or delicious lunch located on Flamingo between Maryland and Cambridge. Check them out online at MrFriesMan.com. You're listening to the Kevin Kruger Radio Show on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. Final segment, Kevin Kruger Radio Show here at Parkway Tavern. John, Curtis, Steve, and Head Coach Kevin Kruger. Rebels on the road for the first time Wednesday at SMU. A little bit of an advantage, coach, because these guys have, with the exception of Keyshawn, uh, in college have all done this. They've all been on the road, not not as this group. So, not as many concerns as you might have with a younger team.
1: No, I think this. uh, You know, we actually played a super secret scrimmage on the road uh, for this reason, so uh, so that we could, because you, every team does it differently. So uh, we just kind of gave him a little sample of what it was going to be like with us with film, you know, dinner, you know, shoot around, like h- how that goes here. So, you know, even like playing uh, playing for my dad and coaching with him, you know, we'd actually go up uh, to some places on the morning of the game and fly in and go to shoot around, which is pretty rare. So, uh, you know, for here, you know, getting those all, all those guys on the same page, uh, we thought we'd take that opportunity. So this will be actually our second road trip.
3: I was gonna say you're gonna be comfortable in Texas. You
1: have plenty of ties on the team and on the staff, right? We do, we do. Uh, you know, Coach Chappelle, you know Webster, you know Royce, Donovan, Vic. Well, Vic wasn't, but uh, myself, all born in Texas. So, uh, you know, it'll be. Uh, no, I don't remember anybody from there. But uh, yeah, we we will hopefully have a good cheering section there in Dallas.
0: Real, real quick, while I think of it, because we got questions and we get them all the time. What is Vic's status? How's he coming along?
1: Uh, it's day to day, you know, it's still, it's just one of those things where even when he's ready, we'll probably hold him for another few days and, uh, just kind of see where it goes.
0: All right. SMU starts with the point guard, Kendrick Davis, uh, all conference, uh, one of the top, uh, players in the country, one of the top point guards in the country. And he's, he's the, the straw that stirs the drink for the Mustangs.
1: No, no question about that. And, uh, you know, even if you remember a couple years ago when SMU came in here, uh, it was his first game, uh, to, to play for s m u they'd played maybe four or five before he was able to play and uh, uh, and he was a large reason I think that he helped s m u you know get us that day so um but that you know you talk about guys being from Texas, they know him, so you know there won't be any uh, you know any you know under assumption that he's that he's not that good because those guys grew up playing with him and against him is he like any point guard you faced this year so far? Um, I don't know if I don't really know if he is. Uh, I mean, tig- maybe a more aggressive tiger. I was gonna gamble. say a bigger score than. Yeah, tiger. that'd probably be a great comparison. Another good one for those that remember maybe Grant Sherfield. Yep. Uh, in Reno, so uh, you know just somebody who's uh, very confident, a great leader. So to the point where you know they'll comfortably make plays for their teammates and be happy. You know they'll score and be happy. They just they just uh, again you know can't say it enough. They're just a great leader for their team.
0: In terms of, of what they do well, and we'll get into this much more obviously pregame, before But from what you've seen, um, how does how do how do the rebels match up, and you know what does it look like? What do you what do you think the rebels are going to have to do?
1: I think it's going to be a great matchup because when you watch them, the the first thing that jumps out is how hard they play. And I think uh, as you mentioned, it, and hopefully when people watch us, the first thing they think of is how hard they play. And uh, you know, even using Wichita as an example, you know we told our guys they play so hard they're never out of it so even if we're up six up eight if they're up six up eight you know we'll fight back and i think uh, so that's something that you know after watching them play a couple times i think it's it's going to be a great matchup but you know they've got a little a bit of everything they've got size they got guys that shoot it they've got a playmaker in davis so um it, they're a well-rounded team that'll give us a an awesome opportunity on the road here early and uh, get us uh, even more ready for mountain west play
0: well, it's, uh, it's, it's the next step in the season. It's the next step in the progress of your program. A real road trip, Runner-Rebels at SMU on Wednesday. As I said, 4.30, Runner-Rebel warm-up, and 5 o'clock uh, with the tip. This, this group will be there, and uh, looking forward to the game at Moody Coliseum on the campus of SMU. Should be a lot of fun. Curtis, Steve, anything else uh,
2: that you wanted to bring up uh, before
0: we sign off for the rest of the day?
2: No, first road trip of the year brings on a, a whole new meaning, though. Because I know my kids are, aren't too happy. Neither is the wife. <laughs> <laughs> can't, ima- I mean. can't imagine what, how, how this guy's going to get the heat over here with the, with the newborn at home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, we'll see. I know one thing. We're going to sleep great, though. Good night's sleep, <laughs> <laughs> uninterrupted. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: The, the kid, the kidless hotel room will be uh, will be welcomed at that point. All right, that's going to do it for us. We want to thank the good folks here at Parkway Tavern for their hospitality. Appreciate it. Thank you all for coming. Uh, I think we're going to be back here next week. We'll, uh, we'll let you know for sure, but uh, we will talk to you on Wednesday late afternoon, 4.30 pregame, 5 o'clock the tip, the Run of Rebels and SMU. Have a great evening, everybody.